Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast, brought to you by Below the Line. My name is David Duggan, and I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines, what are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members, or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day, and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience, and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, Jack Kavanagh. Jack is a man who wears many hats. He is a performance and resilience coach, community pharmacist, podcaster, and board member of various organizations and charities all while living with a life-altering spinal cord injury that he sustained 10 years ago, and which he has spoken about movingly in his Fearless Like a Child TEDx talk. For this conversation, I wanted to understand how someone living with the challenges he faces on a daily basis, prepares, manages and sustains himself to be able to be at his best and play all the roles he plays as well as he does. For Jack, this means placing an emphasis on his personal health, cultivating strong relationships in his life, and finding and doing meaningful work. And in this conversation, you will hear him expand on these things, as well as what he has learned from trying to find what he calls the magic in the messiness of life. Please subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast, as well as our exclusive online events and sessions, including our Press Pause coaching community and our story coaching programs. Thanks for listening and see you next week. then tell me that why do you do what you do the reason i do what i do is like fundamentally life has shown me just how incredible people are um you know we've all got this little gem of magic within us and sometimes life gets in the way sometimes that gets covered up whether it's things we were told when we were kids or the environment we have around us or challenges that present themselves like my spinal cord injury or maybe it's the the stories that we allow enter between our two ears or the way that we treat our body um and you know we have that little spark of magic um in us when we're born and we see it every time we look at a child and at some point that starts to get uh clouded over a little bit for for many of us and so I think in the different work that I'm doing, it's about maybe allowing people to see a little bit more of that 
and finding ways to empower and enable that. Yeah. And as you were explaining there as well, you do wear a couple of different hats, but I, I guess all of those roles, a healthcare practitioner, a board member, facilitator, coach, they probably all kind of sit under that umbrella, do they, for you? Absolutely. You know, like, what are the odds? Well, I can tell you what the odds are. It's one in 400 trillion. Like one in 400 trillion are the odds of any one of us being born. That's absolutely remarkable. And yet I'm as susceptible as anybody to getting caught up in the stories that that might go on inside our head that aren't supportive or, or generative or those kinds of things. And regardless of those things, there's things which exist in our society, which uh, mean that many people don't have the opportunity to express uh, that, that germ of magic inside, inside them, you know, or the seed of magic um, and to allow that, to see that fulfill its potential. So in whatever way uh, it's possible to do it, it's about empowering that uh, and the person. And yes, that, that can fall very nicely into different, different things, which is, which is kind of the beauty of it. If you carry that with you across uh, different areas. And so I suppose really the core of it is to inspire people that, that, that exists and then uh, do things in the world that, that make that real for people. In terms of, you know, below the line and your, your relationship with it, but our strap line is kind of live well and perform better. I'm really curious to know what's your interpretation of that. Mm. Well, I love it. First of all, it just, it, it speaks slightly differently to everyone I'm sure as to what that means but for me I I sort of think about values when when I start with this piece um and I suppose I've three areas that are dominant in my values and uh, or or umbrella and the first is my health the second is relationships and the third is is meaningful work and the reason I start with health is because my life has shown me very visibly um, and in very real ways that if, if you don't have your health, everything else falls apart. And like living with a spinal cord injury as I do, um, maybe I need to navigate that, that health road a little bit more diligently than some others. And so that's kind of the foundation on which the house is built for me. Um, and then the walls of the house are the relationships, uh, that I, that I have. And, you know, you think about simple things like at the end of it all, uh, who do you like, what do you want? It's, you don't bring anything with you, uh, except the memories of the time spent, the experiences, um, and you would hope to have a tribe of people that want to be at your bedside on your last day, you know? And, and I think relationships are really important um, in the times that, that make or break us. There's people around us and, and that's really important for me. The way in which I'm nurturing or, or showing up for those. And then the, the third piece for me, which maybe you can call uh, the lid on the house or, or what inhabits the rooms uh, within the house is, is meaningful work. And more recently, 
I'm giving my pers- myself permission to follow my nose on that. Because as we just said, um, I am currently wearing a few hats and I've started to become a little bit more okay with with that because all of those things are contributing and contribute to me feeling like I'm expressing myself into the things that are important to me and adding value hopefully in doing so. So when I think about what does it mean to live well and perform better, um, I need to be filling those various cups, you know, I need to be regularly investing in my health. Um, and if I can do that in a way of building relationships, whether that's going off-road biking with people that I care about, um, like that's incredible. Um, if I'm regularly um, creating space for relationships, not just personal, but in a professional context and nurturing those and and not looking for just a quick win, but actually how can I build this as an ongoing relationship where it's a win-win and mutually beneficial and we're growing together. That's, that's incredible. And there are the seeds, like the relationships, we, it is a relational world. We're constantly in relationship with ourselves and the world around, around us. So if, if you're nurturing um, both sides of that coin, you're going to put yourself in a position to make things happen and to move the needle which is ultimately your performance, isn't it? Um, how you're showing up for the things that are important to you. Um, and so, yeah, regularly making small investments in the first two foundational areas uh, for me allows me to go out and show up at my best in, in the other areas. Just to pick up on something you, you were saying there about kind of following your nose on that related to the type of work, what made you come to that realization and what has been the benefit of kind of um, maybe it almost sounds to me like letting go a little bit? Yeah, I think I think there's an element of uh, going a bit easier on myself, you know, um, maybe not having to have it figured out, but allowing the magic to come from the messiness of it. And, you know, that is the blend that that uh, I'm drawn to at the moment is having an involvement in a few a, th- a few things and um i for a long time was kind of coming from a reference point where where i said no there needs to be the one thing and actually what makes it interesting for me is the synergy and the cross pollination between the various things um and and so allowing myself to do that has has like you said it's been maybe a letting go or or a giving of permission and that's actually if you come back to the idea of the seed of magic you know that's that's watering a couple of different seeds uh within me which is really nice and you touched on this already but obviously the you know for you the foundations of your house if you like are are your is your health so i'm just wondering um as i've heard you talk about this before just some of the practices the habits behaviors that that you engage in to kind of help with that that foundational part of 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 you yeah so i think about this as like you can almost think about it as as relationship you know um and a very good phrase that comes from 
uh, the below the line gang is uh, how are you showing up for yourself? And so in my morning, I really think about that, you know, uh, the reality is, is that I need a bit of help getting out of bed in the morning and getting up and started. But some of the first things that I do is I all of the listeners hopefully can step out of the bed on their own accord. But for me, after I get a shower and get dressed, I'll stand into uh, a standing frame straight out of my bed. And as a wheelchair user, getting upright and uh, stretching out my body and, and challenging my blood flow and and giving my organs the chance to be upright and stretched out is is fantastic. And it's a psychological win as well, you know, um, which is great. And I feel more connected that way. And I'll do that for five to ten minutes. And then um I'm I'm generally going into either um maybe a five kilometer to ten kilometer, depending on how long I have spin on my bike on on a roll uh, on a roller that I have in my room. So it's a hand bike. Or else I'll do uh, 10 to 15 minutes of of uh, simple wrist weights. And all that is is it's a short enough period that it's hard for me to say I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. So I lower the bar for success on that. And that means that I'll do one or other of those things most mornings. And me consistently doing that is waking my body up. It's connecting me with my body early in the day and it's getting me out of my head a little bit, um, which which is they they say the longest journey you take is the 18 inches from your head to your heart um <laughs> that's something i think all of us need to to quiet down is that crazy monkey mind and and this is some of my way of doing it and then uh when i've done that short bit of exercise um or longer period depending on how my day is structured um but having that sense of connection with my body is really important in the morning and generally, I'll couple that before engaging in the day's work with uh, some kind of mindfulness practice. And that might be as little as two minutes before uh, opening the laptop or heading out the door in the car. But on the days that allow, it's generally 10 minutes of uh, mantra-based uh, uh, meditation, where as I breathe in, I'm thinking of I am and when I breathe out I'm thinking here now and I'm just repeating that again and again and again getting distracted coming back to it when I've realized I've been distracted and I'm thinking about the squirrel running up the tree or whatever it might be uh, or I'm thinking of all the things that I haven't done or have to do and I'm just coming back to I am here now breathe in breathe out you know um that's really effective for me as is maybe if I've got two minutes just tuning into my body and doing a body scan um, and if I've got a little bit longer particularly on the weekends I like to do uh, breath work which is maybe a little bit more vigorous um, way of connecting in with the body again and all of that just clears my head a little bit and allows me to show up more effectively then and um, otherwise I'm distracted and being, my mind is pulling me in different directions before I go into the day. And so you can think of that, all of that is showing up for yourself. 
And um, for me on the days or the weeks where I fall out of um, those things or I come up with good reasons, um, which generally aren't good reasons not to do the thing, uh, that's when I start to notice it. We, we even chatted about this beforehand. It's, it's after a little while of not doing those things which are supportive of you that you realize, God, that really played into my well-being, which knocked into how I responded to the stressors that came up, uh, which knocked into how present I was with my work or with the people I was engaged with. And, and it's all interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and in terms of your work now, you know, whether that's board member or speaking or coaching, what do you see as the main whether it's health, well-being, or performance challenges with the with the people or the organizations that you work with, what's what's coming up now, or what do you see most commonly? Um, two things, I would say, predominantly uh, is languishing and distraction. Um, so, before COVID was ever a thing, distraction was was the number one, and um. I can speak to this as challenges coming up with organizations that I work with and individuals just feeling pulled in so many directions. And I'm, I've, I've experienced it many times myself. Um, so distraction being the first one, but through the COVID pandemic, and this is a, a phrase that, that psychologist Adam Grant really uh, threw back into our public narrative, but um, is the idea of languishing. And he calls it the forgotten middle child of mental health. And it's that sense that kind of with COVID going on so long and the pandemic going on so long, we don't know whether we're we're coming or going or fully in or fully out. And and so we we feel in this maybe limbo period and or zone. And it can be epitomized by the phrase how are you feeling a bit meh or grand um which irish people have an awful habit of of coming back with um and and it is that grand you know you're not necessarily on fire or flourishing and it's not that you're completely burned out or or really struggling but you're just in that kind of wandering space where um you're plodding along and maybe a little bit aimless and that place um is is like where kind of the quiet discontent or or whatever starts to seep in and um it's neither an amazing place to be or an awful place to be um but it's just meh and um i think in our ordinary well, what used to be normal, we we would much more often um, be on the journey towards a higher point or a lower point. If you think about the heartbeat analogy um, of a higher moment or a lower moment in the heartbeat, whereas now it's like our uh, experience is maybe a little bit being dampened. And so instead of having those sharp highs and lows, um, they've rounded out and and we're closer to the the center point um and and so people are feeling just a bit meh and then picking up on that this my last question um for anyone who's feeling that 
meh sensation um or maybe listening to this and wondering you know how do i make a change to whether that's my life my health my career or whatever what's what's the one piece of advice or the best piece of advice you could give someone about where they could start on that journey for themselves yeah i would encourage anybody to take out and regardless of whether you're in either of those states and um, but particularly if you're in the languishing state um take out a piece of paper and write down what makes me come alive and think about people think about places think about experiences and as you answer that question for yourself try to aim for maybe 20 things and initially you'll say oh, i can't do that just keep going until you hit hit 20 and it's by stretching yourself that you'll uncover the gems you know but when we more regularly incorporate those things into our life actually they're things in which we experience flow quite often and flow is this idea of being completely in the moment you lose a sense of awareness of time and quite often there are periods where you, you get so engrossed in the person or the place or the thing that you're doing um that you um might forget some of your bodily sensations like you realize god i haven't gone to the bathroom in ages and i'm bursting for a wee or uh or it might be a case that um, you're so enthralled in the activity or the conversation or the experience um that hours go by or or half an hour goes by and, and you don't even realize um those kinds of experiences people places um are the things that are in many ways the antidote to languishing um and that that really kind of can revitalize us flow has been the uh, amount of flow we experience in our life uh, has been shown to be one of the biggest predictors of our well-being and you know when we're when we're well and all of those things we're better able to focus and so distraction becomes less of a of an issue and so on so i would answer that question and think about how can you maybe instill a few more of those things that make you come alive a little bit more regularly whether it's spending time with uh, a person that comes up on that list or visiting the place that comes up on that list um or or engaging in an activity and uh some of the the markers of those experiences people places um are the uh, the first piece being that it um it comes with a sense of of challenge where we can experience progress you know so maybe in a relationship that's asking new questions getting really curious and and there's progress in the relationship because now we found new ground or now we're trying to understand each other a bit better or whatever and um, in terms of uh, a, a place and um, a place might be that it really helps you to connect to yourself for the moment for me being by the coast and that long line of horizon that triggers the second important thing which is mindfulness um and and the third important thing is that that it matters uh, it matters maybe for its own sake maybe it's that you love doing jigsaws and the sense of completion or sharing it with someone that you care about uh, is the thing that matters so so there's a sense of progress in what you're doing there's a sense of mindfulness and the third thing is, is there's a sense that it matters 
And if you can find people, places and activities that bring you some or all of those things, um, you find flow. Fantastic. Jack, we'll leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks very, very much for doing this. Um, you're always a source of, in equal measure, information and inspiration, and I really appreciate it. So thanks a lot. Legend. Thanks for having me.